podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Sean Maloney, welcome to the Hamden Roar podcast. I must say before we begin, I've interviewed around maybe 20 players or so for this. This is the first time I've felt slightly starstruck in front of a player. <laughs> I don't know if maybe I'm like you when you walked into the Belgium changing room <laughs> for your new job. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, maybe a little bit the same. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. Plenty to run through loads of caps throughout. Plenty of managers for Scotland. Let's go back to the very beginning. You were born in Malaysia to an English dad and a Scottish mum, correct? Yes. Moved here at five years old, so what was that situation all about coming to Scotland? Um, it was a little bit earlier, so I came over at about three, um, mm-hmm. so it was uh, just my my mother's from Aberdeen and all my mum's side's from Aberdeen and my dad is, um, well he was actually born in India, um, but he moved to England at a really young right, age, okay. so his father um, and his family was mainly sort of, um, or his father was in the military over there, so... Um, and my dad was uh, working for a company called Bristol's in the, um, with the oil industry up in Aberdeen. And uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, he was contracted out to Malaysia mm-hmm. and I was born over there. And then we came back to Aberdeen um, where he was previously with, um, when my sister was born, she was born in Aberdeen. And, and then we moved back to Aberdeen and uh, that's, what I call, that's what I call <laughs> home, yeah. So growing up, being a football fan, was it always Scotland for you, considering there were other nationalities in play? Yeah, yeah, completely. There was uh, there was nothing else, really. Um, when you, Christ, when I was three and moved back to Aberdeen, it was, uh, there was nothing else. It was, um, it was Scotland, yeah. That mm. was, um, that was the country that <laughs> I was brought up in and it felt like it was my country. So, um, yeah, no other uh, real allegiances yeah, okay. No really other thoughts, no. And what were your earliest memories of the Scotland national team? Um, well, my first World Cup, I remember vividly, was like 1990. So mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, I remember that Scotland in sort of patches of that. Um, and then I went to a Scotland game uh, at Pataudry against Switzerland. Okay. Uh, and I remember, I remember this... Re- because I actually spoke to the, the Switzerland manager that night was Roy Hodgson and one <laughs> of the Belgium visits I was I went to see last season um, Bachwa in Benteke and I and I asked Hod- uh, Roy Hodgson <laughs> about it um, and he he was passionately told me about the Swiss team of Schwarza mm-hmm. and Chapusa and um, that was my first real sort of vivid memory of Scotland live That's quite a funny ton of fate there yeah no yeah. it was um, well when I, when I was going to visit I I I, I just doubled check to see if Roy Hodgson was manager at that time and he yeah. was and it was it was actually brilliant to hear him speak about for some reason he still remembered that they had massive problems getting a hotel in Aberdeen <laughs> <laughs> so he went off and told me that story um, but yeah no that was uh, that was the first real live memory of Scotland for me Did you have anybody in particular that you idolised playing Scotland? Um, playing for Scotland? Sorry. No that's uh, that's a wow that's um, no I wouldn't say there was one individual um, when I was younger 
it was mainly through because I was right on my doorstep was Aberdeen. I loved like watching like Charlie Nicholas at that time had come mm. to Aberdeen, um, and then actually latterly Billy Dodds, uh, of course, Duncan yeah. Shearer. These were all all players that had started to represent Scotland from from the city that I was from. Um, but then as I started to as I started to get a little bit older and um, early teens, I, I started to really really follow Paul Lambert particularly when he went to Dortmund, John Collins. Um, Is this because you were progressing at Celtic at that stage? Um, yeah, no, no, because Lam- Lambert hadn't really, he hadn't, um, uh, he hadn't come back yet. Um, okay. But it was uh, at that sort of period, I just, um, these were the players for Scotland that I started to, um, I started to really enjoy watching, particularly John Collins at that time. Um, I was fascinated that there was a Scottish player that decided to, Go abroad and yeah, uh, and yeah, it started from there. Yeah, good. You uh, did well for Celtic coming through. I know you made your debut in the matrimonial treble season. Made a lot of appearances for Scotland in the twenty ones. Scored a good few goals. What are your memories of that era? Um, yeah, twenty ones was a big thing. Um, a really sort of important period for me because uh, I'd never made any Scotland team age group uh, through schoolboys. Uh, 16s or 18s mm-hmm. so that was my first and it was really that really cut me deep that I was yeah. never ever selected and so to represent Scotland at 21 level was uh, I was I was so proud um, who was your manager yeah. um, to start with it was Alex Smith so <laughs> he was my first ever manager um, I remember that um, and then it was I was really fortunate I started to play under Reina uh, Bonoff oh, um, when Barty Volks was the first team Reina came in as the 21s and was just um, he was exceptional for 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 our team. Um, tactically, it was just something completely different mm-hmm. that we'd seen. Um, and I was I was a huge fan. Still still in contact with him now. Oh, yeah. Met him last year again on a Belgian visit. One of our players <laughs> used to play at Gladbach, um, and I I've absolutely loved him yeah. as manager. Yeah, I really did. Yeah. What did he open your eyes for? Um, just actually starting to understand. I was playing as a striker at that point um, and understand the positional sort of instructions that he mm-hmm. wanted from his from a striker. Within they played three five two, um, and it was just understanding his position. I was more playing as a as a ten rather than the, the nine striker. And um, yeah, his training was different. Um, he started to speak of like passing options and passing yeah. angles, which was something that was. Not really that uh, okay. that clear for me at that at that stage, um, and we had a really really we were very close to qualifying for um, a major tournament. I think we got beaten the playoffs by Croatia, mm-hmm. which was a big step forward for Scotland Twenty Ones at that point. Who else did you have in your team, or who were you close with at the Twenty Ones? Um, yeah, we oh we we were really fortunate goalkeeper wise. We had McGregor, uh, Gordon. They didn't mm-hmm. play. It was a guy called Suter. Uh, very good goalie mm-hmm. at that age. Um, Caldwell, Kennedy, Craney. Uh, oh, you can uh, big names here. Yeah, no, there was um, uh, Kevin Kyle played at that time. You had Pearson. Um, like you could really go through them. Darren Fletcher came through briefly. He stepped up the first team very well, quickly. I was going to say it must have given you Mikey Stewart twenty ones. <laughs> Mikey Stewart, who's now uh, does a great job at BBC yeah. or so. Uh, yeah, no, it was a really really talented squad. Well, really. seeing seeing people like Fletcher and. McFadden as well go on to yeah. make an impact for the first team. It must have given you a lot of motivation to follow suit. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was well. It sort of felt that there was um, a pathway because uh, we'd beaten Germany away in the group stages with the twenty ones, mm-hmm. um, and then I think it was the night we were in, I think uh, Croatia away. 
in our playoff that Scotland had just beat Holland 1-0 in their oh, yeah. playoff um, it was just it was a really good period for the national team obviously yeah. there was a, not such a good result for them in Amsterdam but um, yeah the 21s it felt it felt really it felt a really strong group um, good core yeah really really good and it was we should have um, we were very very close to qualifying Croatia were a really good side yeah. Kranchar on that side um, and I always remember Rainer uh, he was he was in tears at the end when we oh, didn't yeah. qualify, and this was a man that won the World Cup. And um, uh, I was just, it was it was a really good, really uh, I think really fondly at that time playing good. the twenty ones. You were coming through at Celtic, making an impression, scored in their run to Seville, etc. Then you injured your knee. Mm-hmm. Did that stunt your progression slightly? No, the opposite really. Um, that was um, I was I was sort of uh, not, well. I suppose I was. Not floating, but it was very. Everything had come quite easy at that point. I was playing in a really, really good Celtic team, or not. We're not really playing. I was a substitute, one of the first substitutes, and mm-hmm. coming on when we were two, three nil up. You had Henrik, uh, you had Sutton, Hartson, huge players, Lambert for us anyway, yeah. um, Petrov, Lennon, and I was sort of on the periphery of that. So it was very. Um, it was it was great for a, a period of time, and I just was probably stagnating slightly my own development, just because um, probably on my own personal level, I hadn't everything was just going quite well as a yeah. team. And then when I had the knee injury, from a, this is where I actually had to, I could see quite clearly that I hadn't been doing enough as a individual okay. to break into that team. And that year out in a, with the knee injury forced me to look within really and. Um, and it, had to pick it up yeah, yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. I had to really. Um, there was so, so much more that I could be doing to improve, and um, and that year out gave me uh, gave me that opportunity. So without that knee injury was was um, just it was it was not a pleasant pleasant time, but it really gave me the what what knee injury exactly was it was ACL. So oh, yeah. it was it was out for a period of time, and um, but it, it it sort of awakened so yeah. something in inside me that. I had to do more if I was going to become a, a Celtic regular. Well, you made your Scotland debut only half a year after returning from mm-hmm. that knee injury. Walter Smith had just taken charge. What were your first impressions of him when you were called up to the squad? Um, yeah, similar to, I suppose, Rayner. Uh, he was vastly experienced um, and I absolutely uh, absolutely loved him. Um, mm-hmm. He was, I'll say, he was the first one to pick me in the, in the national team um, and it was such a huge, uh, huge honour, um, and I'll never, f- sort of, I'm forever grateful for him to do that. And it was, he had such a great backroom staff. He had Tommy Burns, Ali McCoist, <laughs> and again, it felt like the squad were, was really strong at that period. Um, very clear tactically, um, and just really good squad to come into, and um, at a good time and. Excellent manager and really good backroom team. It was. It, it felt like something was happening at that point in time. Was it like the perfect balance with the managerial team? Uh, there's a few other players that I've interviewed that have said the same sort of thing there, where Walter Smith is the kind of guy who will walk into a room, everybody pays attention, whereas you've then got the good cops and Tommy Burns and Ali McCoy that bring a different atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you're spot on, I think... Um Tommy, Tommy was uh, a brilliant coach, really passionate coach as well. Um, very like believed in in repetition, hard work. Um, but he was incredibly funny, and it just the sort of mixture of him and yeah. Ali McCoist was just 
it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the manager Walter was um, dry sense of humour, which I'm sure he had more with the staff than with particularly <laughs> me, a younger player. But just had, you had huge respect for all three, but very different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, no, it was. But it was a there was a there was a hardness to the group as well, yeah. uh, not just the players, the staff. There was a um, yeah, there was a um, training was was very competitive and. Um, yeah, it was it was a group that was very close to qualifying, probably as close as we've mm-hmm. we've uh, we've been in a um, or one of the one of those moments where we were very close to qualifying. What do you remember about your debut? Then it was against Belarus at Hamden, two thousand five. Yeah. yeah, we got beat one nil. Um, mm-hmm. I came on at half time, um, and I just remember it being torrential. <laughs> um, I remember uh, almost scoring with a free kick. I remember having a shot cleared off the line by Lee McCulloch, <laughs> uh, who was inadvertently was. I think it was a bit. Of a, yeah, it was a bit of a sort of um, a collision, and I think there was. It wasn't like a strong shot. It was a, and I think it was. Uh, it hit Lee. Um, uh, yeah, just immensely proud to be a Scotland player, yeah. and obviously, unfortunately, we didn't win the game, which was. Um, really disappointing, but um, is it something you've been striving towards? Yeah, massively. Yeah, it was a huge, um, uh, huge ambition, um, and that sort of stayed with me for. I, I don't know if this came from missing out so much in the young age, in the age groups of sixteens, eighteens, twenties, missing out. It just sort of became a real sort of ambition. Light to, a fire in you. Yeah, like it was just meant a lot to play, to represent. Uh, and and also maybe from where I'm from, being north, being from Aberdeen, it was the Scotland team is. Um, uh, I think it's a it's a real important mm-hmm. important part of that um, of the culture up north, and um, and it's sort of stayed with me really throughout my career. Even though you had been brought through at Celtic, was it a step up going to international level, or was it routine because you had such a strong uh, strong teammates? At um, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think it was um, it's just different. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was a step up or less of a level. It's just um, international football's just um, it's the same for every country. It's it's different. You have a small period of time with with your new teammates. At that period of time, Celtic and Rangers were very strong. So for those two sets of players to then mm-hmm. come together um, in that short period of time was always a challenge, but. How was that when they came together? Um, I think it changed. Um, I think it was um, well with different groups. So you had different managers, different groups, um, different generations. But always, generally, I found I never found it an issue. I think part of that was through the twenty ones as well, because um, playing with Alan McGregor um, was a like you, you know Alan from mm-hmm. well I knew Alan from when I was eighteen. And then it, like, there's obviously a huge rivalry between Celtic and Rangers, but the national team, after being with someone for a period of time, it, it's an afterthought. It's not even a thought. I think when you turn up to the national team, it's like, you're there to win for Scotland, mm-hmm. your country, and and Alan. When you're there with the national team as a teammate, and it's the same with, whether it was Alan Hutton or when I was younger, Barry Ferguson. I never um, Chris Boyd as well. We had lots with Naismith, Whitaker, mm-hmm. Thompson. It was never ever. I never felt any sort of anything apart from a teammate when it came to national team duty. Do you think that Scotland are maybe missing that at the moment? 
a core group from Celtic and a core group from Rangers who are approaching every game with a winning mentality. No, no, I, I think um, I think it's really I think it's really healthy that this players now um, play in different different areas, whether it's Celtic Rangers um, down south. No, I think it's, um, it's I think it's a real positive that now players are. And it sort of comes in waves um, that, that we have more players playing in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. We have a really good core Celtic and Rangers players now. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Celtic players have been there a long period of time. Ryan Jack obviously started the last yeah. game. Um, there aren't too many Rangers. No, not recently. In. But it's um, Alan's obviously stepped stepped out of the equation. But um, yeah, it's 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 good for the sort of domestic league to have these players. But wherever they play I think Dan South is a great experience for players now as well so no no I don't think you need you need a core group from both to okay. be successful Walter Smith in terms of management did he have the capacity to lose it with the players ever or was he more of a stern approach just from what I I, I never saw him lose composure or he certainly could tell you when things were not going the way he wanted, mm-hmm. but he never lost. He never lost a control or composure. Composure, sorry. Um, was always very thoughtful, and um, but yeah, you knew you knew when he wasn't happy yeah. for sure. Yeah, there was a hardness, a real, mm-hmm. but there was uh, there was a real sort of intelligence about him as well. So it was it was never ever just criticism. It always mm-hmm. felt like it was constructive. Okay, how did you feel and the rest of the players when you moved on? Um, uh, probably, probably slightly disappointed that he was leaving the national team, but because the campaign has started so well, yeah, for sure. But then you also understand the sort of the big sway that that club has for him. Um, so yeah, I'd imagine it's difficult to re- recollect exactly, but I'd imagine disappointed he's left uh, mm-hmm. the national team. But you can understand. Um, like that's he made the decision. It's a club that was dear to him, and um, like I would never ever hold that against him now for sure. When McLeish came in, his stock was pretty high at the time. He'd mm-hmm. won a treble with Rangers. It must have felt like Scotland were getting somebody in who was capable of continuing that form the team was showing. Yeah, and I think it was proved really mm-hmm. that first spell was um, was it ten or eleven games, and it was um, yeah the success success yeah. rate was high, um, very close again to. Um, to qualifying and um, yeah no he, he certainly didn't change too much he brought in different staff and um, or his own staff and um, yeah the, the quality of the results at that period of time were good How similar or different was he to Walter Smith? Um, they're obviously very different character um, but in terms of tactically or the way the, the team played I thought I thought things were very similar and that was um my opinion I thought it was a really like um, wise decision to keep things in a similar sort of uh, path to what Walter had had and, um, and Alex was very successful in that in that first period that he was there Scotland players will always say and even when things were looking really grim in the most recent campaign the players always say oh we believe we believe we can still reach the playoffs or we can qualify automatically at what point in that campaign did you and the group think hold on a minute this this could be on. Um, well, I think you have to look at the, the opposition. I think you have to look at the France results um, to really like those are huge huge results. Um, home and away. I think I think after the first game at Hamden, 
you have to, if you beat one of these major nations at that point of time, you have to start believing that it's... Um, I know the group was very, very strong, but you have to start believing if you beat France twice that you're capable of qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would... And I'm pretty sure that if that was the case again, then you you have to, if you're in a group with two two strong nations and you beat one of them home and away, then you have to you have to believe that you've got a, a serious opportunity to qualify. Your first goal came against the Faroe Islands. Mm-hmm. How did it feel to stick one in the back of the net? Um, yeah, relief um, in that particular game. It was an end of season game. We mm-hmm. won 2-0. Um, Go corner, scored there. Yeah, it was, um, but I remember particularly second half, we didn't play particularly well. Um, it's one of those matches, end of the season, um, where you go away to Fair Islands, it's um, it's not as easy as as you'd imagine. We we obviously should dominate the game, but it was um, you win that game and you're very happy to mm-hmm. end end the season. Uh, but yeah, I remember yeah I remember the free kick yeah yeah it was uh, ah, it's a great moment you score for yeah. your country and and we win the match and uh, yeah no um, yeah the fact I still remember it pretty vividly is. As you know, well, yeah. obviously meant a fair bit to me. Yeah. You built a bit of a reputation, I think, coming through as a free kick taker. Was it something you focused on particularly? Yeah, I did. Um, I worked. Uh, I worked at it pretty much each day um, at the club. Um, yeah, that was something. Uh, I'm trying to think of it. It wasn't really. So, um, wasn't really something through the young age groups of like under 18s or. Um, it was just something we had a like, we had Lubo at the time in our yeah. club that used to practice and um, like I was a ball boy when he made his debut so I was uh, slightly in awe of him and mm-hmm. if he stayed behind after training I was uh, um, I would do it 100% just yeah. to uh, just to sort of spend time watching him practice and try and join in and and then um, and then I would carry that on. So even on days off and things like that, myself and an older pro, Steve Guppy. Yeah, Steve Guppy. So we would we would go back to the training pitch on days off, and and John Kennedy would join us, and we'd just practice individual stuff. So nice. uh, yeah. So Faroe Islands away, I think would be regarded as pretty much a guaranteed three points. Is it true though in international football? And you can even assess this from your role with Belgium now. Are there no easy games in international football? Um. I think you have, I think you have to th- think like that. Um, and so, even in my role now with Belgium, whether we're playing Russia away or whether we have San Marino at home, mm. y- your sort of intensity to prepare or preparation is still the same. Uh, I think uh, it must be different with Scotland, though. With Scotland, yeah, like, yeah. I think I don't think you can ever go in, even even Fair Islands away. Uh, I was never at a level like the Belgian players now are at a level that is so high that um, as a player for Scotland I was never at that level so any game I could never go in thinking this was going to be uh, or I, c- I couldn't prepare any less no matter how favourable we were to win the game you, you can't I wasn't at a level where you could really think like that so okay. um, you've taken that into your coaching you have to yeah yeah for sure Um like no matter what the game is, we, um, me as a person, individual as a coach, the preparation intensity is still the same. Yeah. Okay. You came on against Lithuania in that group, and your first touch was to assist Steve McManus from yeah. the corner. Scotland were riding a real crest of a wave at that point. Ukraine were beaten fairly comfortably at Hamden as well, three-one. That was a great performance. 
it felt like it was going to happen and I know you said that after beating France home and away the players thought maybe but how was the atmosphere around the squad at that point? Um, it was a while ago um, If there's anything that sticks out though No there's nothing um, Very. I remember the things that sort of just very positive and there was a feeling that that, that, that there was that we were going to achieve what we want uh, we were going to achieve qualification but I don't ever I don't ever remember discussing this within a group or um, just particularly after that Lithuania game and um, Ukraine like these are really big important fixtures and results mm-hmm. just the positivity around the group was very high and I'm sure you'll come to it but it obviously the Georgia game was was something that, that obviously was a big big disappointment in that in that campaign. What went wrong in Georgia? Well, it's just a performance of like it's it's, <laughs> it's difficult to really think. I can probably speak more on the, the next Georgia game yeah. on the striking, but this particular one um is it's difficult to recollect. I can I recollect the, the one under Gordon probably more, but it's um Okay. Well, we can touch on Georgia in general then when we get to yeah, the striking no years. The Italy game at the end of that campaign yeah. must have been a crushing blow for Hamden to be that raucous and the team to be on such good form to have it just ripped away from us at the end. Yeah, no, there was um, that was that was uh, I remember being in the squad that that match and it was yeah that was um, really difficult to take I think with uh, with the the start and then the performance of the team mm-hmm. um, we felt very very close. Um, and watching the team, um, I just remember feeling like that was it was there. The, the, the performance was very good, and there was just moments in the mm-hmm. game which sometimes there's a little bit of bad luck or that can happen. And it just felt like it was one of those games where performance was excellent, tactically very good, and mm-hmm. it was just a moment that the match it didn't it didn't happen for us that night. Is it crazy now to look back on that campaign? in a group that contained France and Italy the World Cup finalists from a year ago and Ukraine yeah. and look at it as a missed opportunity I think I think you have to because of the last um, particularly when we had Georgia before Italy I think the Georgia with the fixtures and the results that we'd had going into the Georgia game and Georgia like going to Georgia is not I don't think Scotland can ever and I've just touched on it we can ever go into a game and think that we're guaranteed to win mm-hmm. like obviously we go in there with a Results that we'd had and very positive, but to um, but to have Georgia, if we win in Georgia, um, that would that could seal us to to really go through. Then of course, yeah, that has to feel like a, a missed opportunity. And it's the same in the next campaign um, when we had Ireland and Georgia. That was mm-hmm. uh, again, it feels like an opportunity missed to um, to have made the playoffs for that for that tournament. Um, yeah, for sure it was. Yeah. McLeish left and he was replaced by George Burley. What do you recall about him as a manager? Um, yeah, I remember. Uh, I really, I really liked him um, as a person. Really liked him. Um, I remember he brought in uh, Stephen Presley, brought in Terry Butcher as well. Mm-hmm. Staff I really liked. Um, Stephen I played with at Celtic. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of respect for him. Um, and it felt, it felt like a. Um, uh, he had a really good reputation down south. It felt really positive at the time. Um, it didn't start well in Macedonia. No, no, but they, no, it didn't. Um, it was. Uh, I remember it being. That was 
very very hot that, that match yeah. but again like these are conditions for both teams um, no it didn't start particularly well but I felt uh, we played it in Norway at home um, that was Chris Willemo's match yeah it's really difficult like you we can't like not depend. No, no, no. It's like it's a missed opportunity, but it's well. When you look at the group there, Macedonia, Iceland, Norway, Holland, it's not that shouldn't be out of our reach to finish second. No, it? particularly with that. And I don't think we were. Um, there was small small moments in in each of these games. Norway, Holland at home. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. Look, it's um, I think Kenny must have sat <laughs> it's uh, there's there's moments I think for every every player throughout that match where we could have where you think there's there's moments where you could have done done something differently. I think look these are when we go through each campaign and we think that it's a, a missed opportunity. I think we I think we probably have to delve a little bit deeper into them and into each game and actually figure out why we didn't mm-hmm. rather than if we look at the individual teams and the country story and think oh, we, we should be better than this we should be better than that then it's maybe an idea well actually why why we why we didn't mm-hmm. do if, there, if there's something within each game individually as a team it might be rather mm-hmm. than this like the one miss it didn't mm-hmm. cost us that campaign no, 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 no. you know like there's other moments in games that would have been just as pivotal that obviously might not be mentioned as much now. <laughs> Did, well, after coming so close to the campaign before, was that a tough time to be a Scotland player, that um, immediate aftermath under Burley? Um, yeah, that became, it became difficult. Um, I think... Um, Did you feel expectations had raised slightly? No, I never, I always thought expectations were, were there, which was never an issue. I think we all have those. Mm. Like it's, um, we all want to qualify, um, we all we all think that we can qualify I think towards the end of that that sort of tenure you sort of knew that it was becoming um, uh, when managers unfortunately lose their job there's a period before that where you kind of sense that things aren't quite right and results obviously aren't correct mm-hmm. um, but did anything apart from the results give you the sense that probably wasn't going to last no um I think with the national team it's generally results if results aren't quite what is expected then no. as in club level unfortunately these things tend to unless there's a, a drastic change in, in results then unfortunately it's, it tends to happen I think with what what changed obviously is that the both previous managers had left um, it was their choice to leave um, and so for me it was the first time that we'd sort of got to that stage where a manager was going to lose his job because of Really, are results performance? Do, do the players ever feel responsibility? For, yeah, of course. For yeah, well, yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure about players and uh, like as a group. I can't speak for everyone, but yeah, individually, yeah, for sure, you get because um, particularly for the staff. I know Terry was a huge England um, hero, but I really liked him as a man. And then Stephen's really respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, I respect him greatly, and. Um, yeah, you feel feel for the manager and the staff because yeah. that's down to your performances and results, and it's yeah, you have you have a fair amount of guilt about that. Yeah. What about off the pitch for you then? You become pretty much a regular fixture for Scotland after breaking in under uh, Walter Smith and McLeish. Who did you kind of spend most of your time with then at the training camps? And well, I only actually I only actually felt like a real I started to cement a place was under Barley. Um, under Walter and Alex I was still trying to fight within the squad but they were really strong so they, you had Gary Teo, Lee McCulloch were playing wide um, 
Stephen Pearson was coming in, McFadden, so they were doing very, very well. So it's you're fighting for a place, but you also understand these players are doing exceptionally well. Yeah. So it's you fight hard, and if they're playing well, then no problem. You you have to be a good teammate. Um, through the squad, uh, actually, I was uh, my roommate for a long period of time was Russell Anderson. Oh yeah. So Aberdeen, uh, Aberdeen lad. So I was that was my roommate for a long, long time. Um, Did you click pretty well then? Yeah, um, I knew I knew him through. So my my best mate coming through Celtic was a guy called Paul Lawson who came through the academy, okay, yeah. and he Russell was his brother-in-law. So okay, I'd, know, yeah. I'd known Russell for a period of time, and he was he was exceptional at Aberdeen. So he was in the squad for uh, yeah, and it was very very easy to room with uh, Russell. Or I found it easy. Uh, hopefully, he found it just <laughs> as easy. But he, yeah, that was my roommate for a long period of time. Yeah, very good. When brother left, then Craig Levine came in. There, he, he, to me on the podcast, bemoaned the, a lack of time with the players day in, day out, meant he struggled to get his message across. Did the players feel that there was a bit of a problem there? In terms of what? Understanding Levine's message and having enough time to digest it, I suppose. <clears throat> so, he, has, has he said that in the. To, to, to the, me on the podcast, oh, okay. he said that he felt he. Not enough time in terms of being sacked, but time spent training, with the players training, training he felt it was very difficult to put across his message um, I think that's um, from from what I remember that wasn't an issue from a player's point of view because that's the same for every national manager and now being a national coach I understand that that's when you I, relate then yeah yeah but I I, I understand what, what he's saying but it's um um but yeah, we we all have that issue, so it's um, so it's just finding a solution to that. Um, I think I think I've came into Belgium uh, a couple of years into Roberto's reign, so that's different again. That they've had Roberto for two years, and then I come in as a new manager, which Craig was. Maybe maybe that is. Um, I have to have a bit of sympathy that from a new manager, if you have a new style of play, to then try and have immediate effect. With um, early, which mm. obviously they, that's what you want and that's what you need, then I can imagine that can be difficult. Yeah, um, but from a player's point of view, it was no different to um, like we, we we always have the same period of time. So it's um, I never felt um, I never felt confused under Craig Levine. I I felt I knew um, knew what he wanted from me. So okay. um, again, uh, although results were. Um, Obviously, they, they 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 weren't as what what Craig had wanted. I I was pretty clear, and I never had a mm-hmm. actually again again. I thought he was a really good man, and uh, I felt I felt um, I felt yeah really. Uh, I didn't when when he lost his job. It was really I didn't. I found that quite difficult. Yeah. Why did you find it harder? I just I just brothers? I just respected him a lot. I knew that he was trying, given his absolute all, to try and. Make results positive. Um, um, he'd shown faith in me, um, and I try to repay it. And when a manager does that and unfortunately loses his job, then you you have a connection with the manager. You can't can't switch that off. So it was, um, yeah, that was that was um, that wasn't pleasant. Yeah. What do you think you were doing to impress Levine? What position did he favour you in as well? Um, well, by that period of time, he'd brought me back in. Uh, I'd been playing, just started playing for Wigan. Um, so I would have been uh, midfielder wide, mm-hmm. wide or number 10. Um, so it would have been 
just I was I, I when I first it took me a period of time to get fit at Wigan and then when I got in the team uh, my form at the club was good um, uh, and there wasn't loads of Scottish players in the Premier League at that time mm-hmm. so um, I was desperate to get back to the national team I'd missed a period of time through injury and uh, I was desperate to get back mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, yeah he brought me back in so it was um, yeah it was really uh, it was the majority of the Euro 2012 campaign that you were injured for the one with Spain and the Czechs yeah I didn't yeah I didn't uh, I didn't feature much in that Um, it was only around about the 2011 the end of 2011 season 2010 no 2011 2012 sorry Mm -hmm. that I I came back to full fitness with Wigan and I I actually went I think the first call it was away in America at the end of the season which Mm -hmm. was a was a dreadful result Um, that was an experimental Team, wasn't uh, it? wasn't I didn't, no, no, I didn't, I didn't I remember, remember, remember that. remembering that wrongly yeah well yeah. maybe uh, no I just remember the Amer- American team were I think they were preparing for a, either the gold cup or uh, they had a specific tournament and they were their mentality was far better than right. our group and they uh, 4 or 5-1 one, I think right? it was 5-1 and uh, it was a really difficult night that mm-hmm. um, yeah you were involved in the Spain game at Hamden that's one of many that I think we could put into the Close but no cigar bracket. That that was a roller coaster. Yeah, I think I came on really late in that game, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a really again similar to what we spoke about with Italy, like a very very good performance against a really top side, um, and that's what our nation. I still believe that Scotland can mm-hmm. um, and should um, strive for really to to play against these sides and compete and. Um, and compete in a way that's not just physical because like as, as a group of players as a nation we try extremely hard mm-hmm. um, but we we do have good quality so it's um, we should be striving to compete with these with these teams I think one of the nails in Levine's Scotland managerial coffin was the defeat away to Wales when Gareth Bale yeah. scored a couple late on yeah. that was a killer blow considering that Morrison put us ahead early on and we were doing well and then Gareth Bale just kind of turned the game around yep. he dived uh, as far as I can remember no no he didn't uh, dive when you were no, up against I, him in no the I remember, did, I remember. Did, you, did you clip him yeah no well um, what happened is he ran across me I, I said this after the game I remember it's uh, so when he ran across me and his heel as he was running his heel um, flicked my my, uh, my thigh so there was contact mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't it wasn't a dive I remember saying that at the time I didn't okay. it was uh, yeah it was one of those that looked it on TV but yeah it looked it on TV yeah. but there was contact um, his heel had flicked my uh, my quad so it was um, these things happen really mm-hmm. really quick so it's clipped and it was it was a really difficult night that because we did a goal ruled off uh, oh. wrongly from the cross the, the, the linesman had said to, that was to go 2-0 up yes Stephen Fletcher yeah but if if I'm yeah which is like you had Bale I think he scored an incredible second goal yeah um, so it was uh, but the, I think the Wales game at home was probably um, when we got beat was more more disappointing that was one of Strachan's first yeah I remember that being really disappointing um I think we got a man sent off that night. Snod get sent off. Yeah, so but I remember them being better technically than us. Like the the possession was, they had far greater possession and when it, um, that that's when you that's that game really hurt. I remember that really vividly. Um, because it wasn't 
unlucky it was the fact no yeah it was yeah, yeah exactly yeah it right. wasn't uh unlucky it wasn't a, a decision from a, a linesman or a brilliant goal from a brilliant mm. player Gareth Bale at that time was uh, at a level above anyone on the pitch so that can happen um, do you think we're missing someone like that at the moment a match winner who can go and win a game on their own at this point oh, look yeah, I think if you have a if you have a Gareth Bale um, then of course that's going to help any national team and I mean any national team but um, I don't think Scotland should should sort of feel that we have to have one of these players to, to qualify I think we're um, like we spoke before this interview the last three games or so they've showed momentum and showed that they can be a good team so um, no we don't I don't think Scotland needs a player at that level to to compete um, and qualify for a major tournament no. One player that I'd like to ask you about I think you must have spent quite a lot of time playing against them as well in the Premier League when I look at his cap total I'm surprised to see it so low Charlie Adam ah, yeah, only okay. achieved 26 caps and I know that he had a hard time from some sections of the Scotland support for work rate but I've always appreciated Charlie Adam as a very majestic or talented centre mid would you have expected him to have more of an impact for Scotland throughout the years? Um, uh, it's difficult um, to say more of an impact I think Charlie was um really talented player played uh, really well Blackpool in the Premier League and got a brilliant move to a big club um, and then played Premier League for mm-hmm. numerous numerous years uh, uh, at that time I think uh, it was I think there was really good competition as well so Charlie uh, really talented player good player I think you had like Fletcher Morrison, Brown mm-hmm. Morrison Dorans maybe um, yeah Dorans was a really good player uh, MacArthur mm-hmm. um yeah, so there was competition. Um, yeah, I think 20, 26 caps. I'm not sure how Charlie... Uh, probably better to ask Charlie about that, but it was... Um, yeah, really talented player. But the competition was strong. Yeah. You know, that's that's a really strong sort of midfield. Um, so it's, it's difficult to really say he should have had more. Okay. But, yeah. Podcast Network.